Good morning, viewers, listeners, readers. I'm Brandon West. Welcome to the podcast. Pod, podcast. Sorry, no pithy name for it yet. I just haven't been able to come up with something. Today we're actually going to read poetry. I'm going to go a little bit outside my comfort zone. I don't consider myself a poet, per se. That would be a romantic notion. I'm more of a novelist or, or even a short story writer at times. But I really enjoy this poem. I think it speaks to a lot of the themes that people my age and even younger are going through almost a second coming of age that has to happen sometimes when people lose their way. If you're tired of looking at my face, I just want to mention that this entire poem and all its unedited glory is going to be available on the website at brandoncharleswest.com. If you like, you can look at my face, you can listen on iTunes, or you can read it, or you can do all three. It's up to you, but uh, those options are there today. The title of this poem is The Wasting Chair. Without further ado, I'm going to get started. If I sort of stumble a little bit, I'm kind of pressed for time, so I'm not going to re-record. So please bear with me. If I do stumble, I'll, I'll go back through if I have to. You know, individual lines, that is. I'm not going to read the whole thing again. <laughs> All right, so The Wasting Chair. In a chair he sits as the manor decays. Old enemies gathering at the gates... Grown strong with time and malaise, ready to feast upon his chosen fate. With saddened eyes his children watch, emulating womb-state bystanders. In their own small chair legs do notch the moments too easily pandered. His, his wife's love is all but gone, to be plucked away by the gathering horde, who laughing, mocking his lack of brawn, chase her from his heart without need of sword. The mob has come to claim the last of the bowl, new lumber wrought from his weakened soul. The coward is old before his time, his bones ache on ill-used hinges and rusty joints, his muscles buried and covered with lime, a corpulent embrace ready to anoint. His favored and constant companions, fear and regret are never far from his side, and they whisper the lulling songs that keep him rooted and tied. He's not forgotten the dreams from youth, the feel of his sword held tight in his grip, his heart, his body's chosen flagship, only the love that he bears his family hangs fast to guide his last move of sanity. In these dreams of memory, he remembers the man closer than brother, that heroic boy who faced jeopardy with a laughing heart, no burden unshouldered, forsaken this hero, left behind to battle the separation but perhaps he fights on still, perhaps on the island plantation where joy has grown to endless fill, he lies imprisoned and tombed. Amongst the ruin of forgotten term, the courage of his heart not yet consumed, to his old friend's side he might rally firm, that madcap champion of heart and soul, of strength undaunted by fear's vicehold. Rising from chair and sneaking away, from manor to vessel and across the sea, with grace he has no right to call this day, he prays the gates hold on. Hear his plea. Against the tempest and writhing tide, he hides in cabin and cowers. One by one the crew tumbles broadside. All will be lost in this passing hour. To the deck through raging panic that threatens to crush him to the planks, he crawls to the base of the mighty stick and wrapping coil around arm gives mighty yank. Hold till sail, <clears throat> hold the sail till help arrives, a crew of few, but still alive. A soft wreck 
on the forgotten shore, where atop the mountain lies the gray prison, a treacherous journey through spiny gorge, surely failure before they've risen. But the journey has been lean and hard, and his muscles have slowly woken. Feasting on restraining lard, bones now thick and oaken. His crew abandons halfway up the hill, fear of legends too real to dismiss, a forgotten ghost that worse than kill, who sever manhood with siren's kiss. But close he is, too close to falter, and makes to the base of the gray altar. Heavy stone gate creaks like his bones as he pushes inside the dark passage, strewn throughout the halls, are his things, childish things, toy trucks and carriage, books and bats, balls and cars. His confused heart is lamented and fraught. And at the end of the hall, cell door, cell door ajar, the hero is freed, all for naught. With trembling hands red raw from sea and toil with rope and cliffstone, aside he pushes the cell door free. His eyes wide, he weeps and moans. Singular, in the cell's vacant air lies his own begotten, tattered chair. He lifts the chains which were always his and sinks into the upholstery. No hero waiting to fight there is, only the same foreboding banshee. His children, his wife, his home, his soul, all have only his failed dreams to save them. Dreams of twisted memory now whole, the disappointment of which he is alum. Goodbye, my love, he cries. Goodbye, my failed children. Forgive me as I lay down to die. I have failed finally and again. In a voice his own screams, No, a coward's request will not be bestowed. His own words bite and tear at his flesh. The pain is great, a raving furnace. Against his shame his mind does thresh, and somehow foot finds purchase. One step and to his feet he climbs, stopping to pick up his lost toy sword. He shuffles through the dank and grime. The sun stings his eyes. Twice he's nearly floored. One step to the shore. His ship is broken. And so one plank, one lashing, one hammerfall. An umiak, for one, is now woven. A set of oars stroked against the squall. Next to his love once more to lie. Homeward bound, at least, to die. The wooden, the wooden oars creak and squeal like ill-used hinges of his old bones, but these joints don't creak as they guide the keel, and the cry from his chest is no coward's moan. Swiftly the long boat picks up speed, and the man at the oars is not the same. When night now falls on hands that bleed, to the whetstone his sword he tames. Tempests come and tempests pass but they do not find the Umiak of one. It moves with a purchase under hero's wrath, a timber marlin racing the sun, once more to look into his children's eyes, homeward bound, perhaps to die. Broad of shoulder and strong of back, the hero lands on homeward shore. Fear and regret linger amongst the rack. Their old companion they recognize no more, but turning briefly, the hero screams, You will follow. The carnage is yours as mine. Together we made it, stitched its seams, and together we see it resign. Sword in hand, no longer a mere child's toy, a head to his manor sieged, the hero storms the beach. His enemies have made their ploy, to his loved ones they have reached. 
And from the rampart his enemy smiles, his own image looking down beguiles. And so there sits his enemy, laughing above the gate, in an armchair notched with wasted time, crying now, you're late, too late. The hero's companions, heads nodding mime, this enemy they recognize with comfort. And the hero knows they may be right, and putting arms around fear in his cohort, he accepts the arduous plight. You will tempt me no more, the hero calls. Either you or I will fall this day, but I will not lay down without a brawl. And to each our dues we pay. So raising sword and setting jaw, to new life he charges y'all. And reflected in his children's eyes, next to his wife, sure he will lie, this hero who was yet to die. That's it. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you leave some comments and let me know what you thought. Again, Scarlet and the Queen of the New World is available. Just came out, the third book in the Scarlet Hopewell series. Um, of course, all the books are available. So check them out if you haven't already, and thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in a couple weeks.